That's the Contras Quartet, WFMT's Ensemble in Residence, performing Jesse Montgomery's Strum, live here in the Levin Performance Studio. We heard Dmitry Pogorilov, Francois Hankins, Violins, Ben Weber, Viola, and Gene Hatmaker, Cello. Welcome to a very special Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. Tonight, we are live in the Performance Studio. The program is inspired by folk pieces. In fact, that is the subject of the Contras Quartet's residence here at WFMT. I'm talking with Gene Hatmaker, the cellist. Gene, tell us about your dedication to folk music. How did this come about? Well, it's such an interesting question, um, and it's got kind of a complicated answer, but I'll try to keep it simple. We got exposed to performing folk music while we were living in North Carolina. We had a residency down there for three years. And what we found about the folk music scene, uh, bluegrass in particular, which is what we were involved with, was that there was a sort of warmth of familiarity and a nostalgia that comes out of performing that music, and we felt really connected to our audiences in a way that was really new and invigorating for us. And so we wanted to go back into our classical music world and bring whatever of that feeling we could with us. And so we started focusing on music that had folk music elements, classical music that had folk music elements, um, because you know a lot of our composers, you know, none of them live in a vacuum. And so a lot of them used the folk music that was near and dear to their hearts, incorporated it into their compositions. Um, and we found that this was a really wonderful way to get to know some of the pieces we already knew, and also to learn some new repertoire that's really exciting and um, track sort of what's going on today in the classical music scene um, with a lot of folk classical fusion. And I mean, the influences are from all over the world. I mean, it's a really fascinating program tonight. And and so you start off kind of being drawn to Appalachian music or or folk music of the United States. But then, I mean, from there, it seems like it's spread out and and suddenly it's Haiti and it's China and it's all of these (laughs) other things. Um, How how did that happen? Was that something other members of the quartet were bringing in or? Well, yeah, actually, I mean, that was part of the genesis of our group way back when, when we, in the beginning, was that we wanted to highlight music from all over the world. We, um, the four of us, were from different parts of the world. Um, Dimitri is from Russia, Francois from South Africa, um, Ben and I are from the Chicago area, and so what we like to do is perform music that comes from all over the world to celebrate, you know, it doesn't really matter where you come from, good music is good music anywhere you go, and we found that a lot of music from different parts of the world might not necessarily be known here, so um, it became sort of our mission to bring, whatever our programming theme is, to bring in different composers from around the world and and, um, highlight them as well. That's fantastic. Let's hear the first movement of a piece by Kevin Volans from String Quartet Number no. 1, subtitled White Man Sleeps. And the first movement is called First Dance. This is the Contras Quartet to perform, again, live here in the Levin Studio. <laughs> Thank you. 
the first movement of string quartet number one, White Man Sleeps, we heard First Dance, performed by the Contras Quartet. The next piece is by Haitian composer Jean-Rudy Perrault, and uh, this is a pretty fascinating piece. He's a fascinating figure. I think in many respects there's a lot going on in this piece, and I'm going to talk with Ben Weber, the violist for the Contras Quartet. Ben, tell me about the piece. Yeah, so this piece is actually one that I encountered um, playing in another group uh, before I came to Contrast, and it seemed like when we were putting this program together, like it, it would be a perfect fit because it really incorporates um, some aspects of, of Haitian culture and Haitian music, and but uh, tells a personal story. Um, the the whole quartet is is titled Exodus, and the first movement, which is what we're going to play, is called Tail. And so it, it, it really uh, begins with this idea of, of a Haitian voodoo ceremony, and then proceeds to kind of tell through music the, the process of, of feeling like one needs to leave one's homeland. And uh, over the course of the quartet, it, it goes through a musical journey of feeling the need to, to leave one's homeland, getting, making that decision, saying goodbye, and then finally uh, embarking on, on a new life, which is really what um, Mr. Perot has done. He, he is, is from Haiti originally, um, and, and now finds himself uh, a director of orchestras and a, and a professor uh, of music at the University of Minnesota in Duluth. The quartet is subtitled Dedicated to All People Forced from Homelands. So he's really, he's making a personal statement, but also trying to uh, bring in something universal. Um, some things to, to listen for uh, are at the very opening of, of the piece, there's um, a, a repeated gesture uh, that's meant to signify this uh, crick crack, which I guess is a traditional way of, of signaling that one's about to tell a, an important story. And it's repeated to emphasize the, import, the importance of the story. Uh, what you'll hear directly after that is this kind of um, very uh, insistent ostinato in the second violin, viola, and cello uh, that's intended to uh, be reminiscent of, of Haitian drums. And the first violin has a, a, a really um, evocative cry uh, that it, it the first violin part maintains for quite a while. Um, the, the music after that is, is pretty tumultuous, and, and there's, there's finally there's a climax which kind of decays into a, a plaintive song. And, and all the while, there's, there's this underlying, um, these underlying dance rhythms or, or, or drum rhythms that are, are uh, pretty typical of, of Haitian musical culture. I've not actually been to Haiti, but I have been to Duluth, Minnesota, and I suspect it's as far removed from Haiti as, as you can possibly get culturally, <laughs> geographically, weather-wise. <laughs> so that is, that is an exodus indeed. Uh, we are going to hear the first movement of the Exodus String Quartet, and it is subtitled A Tale, Generations of Suffering. So here is the Contras Quartet to perform music of Rudy Perot. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's WFMT is Ensemble in Residence, Contrast Quartet, and they're playing a piece here about separation and loss. It's from the Exodus Quartet. We heard the first movement, A Tale, Generations of Suffering by Jean-Rudy Perrault. The program today is inspired by folk music. In fact, that is the focus of the quartet's residence here at WFMT. And the next piece is called Appalachian Polaroids, which is, uh, well, it's an evocative title. We're gonna talk with Jean Hatmaker about that. Jean, what, uh, what, can, what are we gonna hear in this piece? Well, it's uh, definitely something interesting for us. Uh, it's going to involve a sort of a multimedia performance, if you will. Um, we're going to be uh, accompanied, or I guess really background band, for a recording of Sheila K. Adams, uh, a popular folk singer um, from Asheville, North Carolina, um, singing a song called Black is the Color. Um, and what, what we're doing really is we're augmenting her recording and creating all sorts of background fuzz noises and things like that meant to sort of give authenticity to the sound of the recording. And then from there, it sort of blooms and spins off into its own thing. And it's, it's a really lovely portrayal of this sort of mountain people folk life uh, from the hills of Appalachia. Um, what we see Stephen Snowden, the composer, doing with this piece is something that um, is a choice some other contemporary composers are making these days with folk music as well. Uh, there's a couple of ways that a composer can be referentially folky. One is figuratively, including a folk song or something, a, a reference into the piece. And another way is quite literally, which is to imitate sounds and, and play the instruments in a different way than traditionally they've been done in order to create a folky sound. And that's what Stephen Snowden's doing with this piece and indeed a lot of the other composers on today's program are experimenting with having the quartet make different kinds of sounds in order to be uh, more similar sounding to folk instruments. And it felt to me a little bit like the quartet is, is almost an ambient background rather than adding or contributing, you know, there's not like a, a melodic kind of interweaving with the, the main melody. Am I right about that? Do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I think it starts that way and we sort of steal it or maybe in a more positive light, we get inspired by it. And uh, we take off, we take over where she leaves off um, just about I would say maybe a third of the way through the piece. And the, the fragments of the song really get lifted and, and I sort of imagine that they get sort of lifted off the ground like leaves and spun in the air and travel all over the world and take this part of this culture, this life into other places um, using the vehicle, the string quartet sound. That's great, let's have a listen. This is Appalachian Polaroids by Stephen Snowden, performed by WMT's Ensemble and Residence, the Contrast Quartet.
That's a piece called Appalachian Polaroids by Stephen Snowden, performed by WFMT's Ensemble in Residence, the Contras Quartet. And Jean Hatmaker is the cellist. I've been speaking with her about the piece. Uh, Jean, who is the voice that we're hearing on that recording again? Sheila K. Adams. And it's a recording, I want to say, from 1976. Um, Stephen calls it a, a field recording. Um, and it, it was recorded in Asheville, North Carolina, which is a place that we've spent some time ourselves, so it's a pretty personal work for us. Again, that was Appalachian Polaroids by Stephen Snowden, performed by WFMT's Ensemble in Residence, Contras Quartet. Today's program is featuring works by several composers inspired by folk music. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. And on today's program, it's a really special opportunity to have the Contras Quartet. And the program today is inspired by folk music. To subscribe to our podcast for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes or for a playlist of the music on the show, visit us at relevanttones.com. I'm live today with the Contras Quartet in the Levin Performance Studio here at WFMT, and we're speaking with them about the music, but also about their upcoming plans. Gene, you guys have a show coming up on January 9th. Tell us about it. We do. Uh, we're really excited to bring our collaborative artists, the uh, Kruger Brothers, up to Chicago area. These are the people that we've been doing a lot of bluegrass music with. In fact, we just got back from a tour in Switzerland with them playing this music. And uh, January 9th, we'll be playing a show together uh, with the Kruger Brothers at the Athenaeum Theater. And it's going to be featuring all music written by Jens Kruger of the Kruger Brothers. And so um, it's likely to be music that, unless our listeners are familiar with this collaboration, that they've never heard before. And so it's a really wonderful, wonderful thing we've loved being involved in. And we hope everyone will come out to see it. Where is that happening? It's at the Athenaeum Theater. On January 9th, yes. you can find out more at ContrasQuartet.com, and that is Contras with a K. We're listening to music inspired by folk music. Next up is Japanese folk music. In fact, a piece called Japanese Folk Song Suite Number no. 2 by Hajime Komatsu. Uh, Dimitri, what can you tell us about this piece? We'll be playing two movements, two first movements from, um, from this essentially string quartet based on Japanese folk songs, written but um, also indicated that arranged by Hajime Komatsu. He's a selfless composer in that way. Um, the entirety of, of the string quartet was featured on our first disc as a contrast quartet called Origins, and today we'll be playing the first two movements. Um, they're in contrasting in style. The first one is very dance-like, very energetic, and, and the second one is, is more, of a, more of a lyrical song featuring a, a wonderful cello melody than that gets passed around um, the quartet. Do you know what the titles mean, Yagibushi and Nambuushio Ota? Um, the first one, Yagibushi, literally translated as Melody of Yagi, is a celebratory song. Um, and the second one, um, Nambuushio Yuta, is a lyrical melody um, cattle driver's song. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Uh, so this is two movements from Japanese folk song suite number two, but they're fairly short, so we're going to pair them with two other pieces, one by a South African composer, Mokale Kopeng, and the other by Chinese composer, Zhou Long. Here is the Contras Quartet to perform.
It's a live performance here in the Levin studio from the Contras Quartet. We're hearing Dmitry Pokorolov, Francois Hankins' violins, Ben Weber viola, and Gene Hatmaker cello. Pretty fascinating set of folk music from around the world. We heard four pieces, starting with Hitomi Komatsu, two pieces from the Japanese folk song suite number two. Then we moved to South Africa for a piece by Mokali Kwapeng. And then we heard two folk songs by Zhou Long. And the little surprise at the end, perhaps you recognized it, Short and Bread by Florence Price. We're going to play a longer work now, a substantial work for String Quartet by Mark O'Connor. And I'm talking to Francois. Tell me about the piece. That's right. Um, Mark O'Connor is probably one of the most well-known American violinists or fiddlers, you know, who is equally comfortable in both the classical and folk music worlds. Um, and many of his compositions, or his classical compositions, are inspired by modern folk and fiddling traditions. Uh, and for someone like myself, who's spent most of my life you know, in the classical world, it's very useful to play his pieces because I get to work on a genre of music that I would otherwise have had to spend many, many years of learning these tunes by ear. Um, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience for a classical violinist to to do so. Um, as you mentioned, uh, this is his third string quartet, and it has the nickname Old Time, uh, in which he actually created a bunch of phrases from his fiddle that he then passes between the instruments uh, during the piece. Um, it's also the longest piece we're going to be playing on this evening's concert, and it has four movements. Uh, the first movement is a rhythmically driven dance, followed by a traditional Appalachian-sounding slow waltz in the second movement. Now in the third, it is almost like a scherzo feel to it. Uh, and then we conclude the piece with a grand finale uh, where the all-time fiddle tunes gets passed around between the four instruments in at times quite epic ways. I just want to hear a little bit more about this idea of, of classically trained players playing fiddle music. I mean, I, I know the techniques are different, but like I used to listen to Hank Williams Sr. And the, and the fiddle comes in, it's a really simple line, but it's always in tune, it's perfect. And they're always doing these little slides and, and you know, what we would think of as microtonal, they don't think of it that way, but these little, you know, little things in between the notes. Is, is that happening here? Is that something that's difficult for you to wrestle with? Absolutely, yeah. He, he actually takes quite a, a bunch of pain, I would say, to write this and notate this for us classical players so we can actually practice and get to get the authentic sound of this. Um, and, and like I mentioned, this is something that a, a fiddler would spend many years perfecting and, and kind of creating their own voice, you, if you would like. Um, so in many, in many ways, you can think that we're actually representing four voices of Mark O'Connor in this particular piece. The fiddlers know these techniques inside and out. They learned them by ear, but nonetheless, right, and right. He, here he has, he's notated them. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to read this notation, learn it, and then play it as if it's coming to you naturally. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the tricky part for us uh, to make it sound as natural as possible. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to hearing it. Here is Mark O'Connor's String Quartet Number no. 3, Old Time. We're going to hear the whole thing performed by the Contras Quartet. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
It should come as no surprise after that piece that the program today is inspired by folk music. That is music by Mark O'Connor, the great American fiddler and composer. The piece is called String Quartet Number no. 3, Old Time. We heard the piece in its entirety performed by the Contras Quartet. And they are the quartet in residence here at WFMT. And in fact, the focus of the residence has been folk music. And that's what's happening on the program tonight. They also have a performance at the Athenaeum Theater on January 9th. You can find out more at ContrasQuartet.com. Again, that's ContrasQuartet with a K, dot com with a C. Uh, we've got one last piece for you tonight. This is by Dan Visconti. It's called Black Bend. Uh, Jean, let's talk about this piece. Great. So. Um this is another great example of a composer asking classical musicians to behave in very unclassical ways. Um, what I like about playing folk music in general is that we, we get to know lots of different kinds of folks and be lots of different kinds of folks. And, and in this last piece, we get to be more rock blues folks than anything else. Um, Black Bend is a piece uh, in one movement that was written based on the legend of a runaway train. 
And so what you'll hear a lot in this piece, um, especially in the beginning, is almost sort of cries. Um, it's meant to evoke the sound of ghosts telling this story of what happened to them on this train. Um, but what Dan Visconti has done is he's used a 12-bar blues format, um, something that, again, a lot of non-classical listeners will instantly feel and recognize. And um, in a similar way to O'Connor and indeed a lot of the other composers on today's program, Dan has written out quite meticulously all these, well, especially for the violins, the guys have a lot of heavy lifting to do in this one, has written out meticulously these solos that are imitative of rock guitar players, fiddle players, um, very improvisatory. And in fact, most of the time when we perform it, people don't know what we're looking at because it sounds so on the spot made up. Um, and Dan Visconti is really good at putting those details down in such an authentic way that it does indeed sound quite real. And when we perform it too, a lot of times they'll, they'll stand up. The, the violin and the viola will stand up. I can't stand up. I've tried it. Sometimes <laughs> I do it when we do it for school shows, um, when I'm not so worried about sounding well. But <laughs> 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 nevertheless, um, it's always a lot of fun for us to let our hair down when we play this piece and, and really get into it. So we really enjoy sharing it. That sounds like a perfect program ender uh, to get everybody yeah. <laughs> feeling great. <laughs> everybody all riled up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is Dan Visconti's Black Bend, a uh, short piece for string quartet, and here is the Contras Quartet to perform live in the Levin Performance Studio. Thank you. 
Capping a program of music inspired by folk music from around the world, we've heard the Contras Quartet performing live in the Levin Performance Studio. And that last piece was Dan Visconti's Black Bend, here inspired by the 12-bar blues form. The Contras Quartet is WFMT's ensemble and residence, and you can see them performing with the world-renowned bluegrass group, the Kruger Brothers, on January 9th at the Athenaeum Theater. You can purchase tickets at wfmt.com events. They are $17 for members and students and $22 for everyone else. Of course, if you want the $17 rate, you can always become a WFMT member. For more information, you can call the box office at 773-935-6875. Today's broadcast of Relevant Tones was produced by Sarah Zwinkless and Daniel Goldberg. Erica Runis was the engineer. Heather McDougall is the project manager. And Tony Macaluso is the executive producer. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm Seth Bostead from the WFMT Radio Network, Chicago. <laughs>